sir. Ah. Manscaped. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped. What are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? You Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. What, what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. That is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so pre- Manscaped there, is a you, must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas absolutely i hate it i'm gonna ask you a question Uh-oh. just gonna go out there oh boy go for it you're doing a deed yes again i don't <laughs> want you have to admit this because we as men we try not to admit this but if you're gonna oh, go do the deed it. on a woman I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair racing stripe or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush <laughs> racing well, stripe. retro bush is out yes thank you retro bush is out yeah um i don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, mm. then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line? That I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. it. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah. you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both sides I, of that. Landing? I just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that. Gotcha. As well. Oh, yeah, look but, what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. The, the older I get, though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as uh, 
Uh, I uh, found it. Have, I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is retro? Just, Absolutely. You're retro? like whoa. Wow. Yeah, like I'm 46. Like it pops out. Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the courage to get through. Trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, Not all. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> listen, can't, I couldn't. I couldn't Super say. Bush. I couldn't say. Well. <laughs> If you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. Uh -oh. Dropkick Congratulations, you have found WrestleShoot, hosted by the Wild Thing Rob Wilds and the ladies' man Chris Casanova. Combined, we have 40 years of wrestling experience, and we're here to share those experiences, stories, and knowledge with you over the podcast airwaves. We'll be joined by friends of ours from time to time to share their stories and experiences with you as well. So climb aboard the crazy train we call WrestleShoot. We know how to do it, and we do it real well. Ooh, sweet bejesus and baby bejesus. Chris, get on the right side of the line. I love that song. That song always makes the, the juices just flow to the old genitalia. How you doing, brother? Man, I haven't heard that song in a long time, man. It seems like it's been months since we've been on the show. I know. We've been gone for, what, two weeks? And if you look, we've been gone for two months. But we are back on another episode of WrestleShoot. I'm your host, the Wild Thing, Rob Wilds, joined, of course, by the lovely and talented, the man who looks so damn good in sunglasses that he had to get them one size too big. My yeah. hetero life mate, Chris <laughs> Casanova. Yay, golf clap. Yay, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. You know, uh, I, I know that we got a big show lined up for today, man. And this is one that I've wanted to do for a while. We finally reached out to them, and here they are. Uh, you know how people keep calling? I, I got an interesting message from one of our viewers earlier. So you know how people keep calling us the Opie and Anthony of uh, professional right, right. wrestling podcasts. <laughs> well, she said that uh, the guys we're having on today for the Opie and Anthony would genuinely be considered the Howard Stern. They are Ooh. Long Island's number one voted wrestling podcast. Now, let me ask you this, Chris. They say they're the number one voted wrestling podcast. I'm sure there was some kind of a, uh, of a vetting process, of a voting process. I'm sure they went through some jumps to uh, make sure to get up to where they're at, right? Oh, but sure. would it have the same impact if 
like the four of us would just vote wrestle shoot florida's number one wrestling podcast <laughs> what do you think should we give it a try uh, fucking why not man well, wide open the comments in the viewer section if you support it maria thanks for joining us if you support wrestle shoot being florida's number one pro wrestling podcast holla if you hear me so shall we just move on to the main event my brother might as well all right so directly from long island we are bringing on the Thanks, great Maria. okay yep, goodbye let's bring on the great duo of monty and the pharaoh i wish we had an applause soundtrack right now gentlemen welcome to fucking wrestle shoot thank you guys it's a it's an honor to be on your show finally made it how are you oh man very good very good took a couple yep. of weeks off so you know before we get started actually if you guys don't mind chris i have a question for you it's a little bit of a random question but you know you're me and you go back 172 and a half years so i feel like i can get a straight answer from you does it bother you having too much hair? No. <laughs> Not well, at what all. Do you, what do you use, Chris, to take care of extra hair? Or are you still in the market? Maybe could use some advice. I just do a standard razor, man. Keep it simple. Well, you know what? I think that I would like to ask our new friends what they do about male hair control. Guys, I hear you may have an answer for us and what we can do to keep that uh, un unsightly extra hair under control. Farrow? No, take it away, Mike. You're the guy with the, with all the hair. Take well, first of, first of all, Chris, don't let anyone ever pick on you, all right? Because <laughs> there's one thing about go. men, right? There we go. You don't want to walk around with doll head, right? It's like, you know, you're trying to grow your hair out. Meanwhile, your hair is all spread. Doll head? You know, like when you were a kid, you used to like separate and you saw that doll head. At that yeah. point, it's like man up, shave that shit, <laughs> right? And, and just be a man. Man the fuck up, right? Because no one wants to walk around with fucking doll head, right? No. And you know what? You could use one of our sponsors, Manscaped, and you could shave your head and look like a man. There it is. Body really? You can't beat it. If you use the MNP code, you get a 20% discount. Oh, really? And uh, Mike, like the top of your head, that was a smooth segue. Very nice. Thank so very I much. would imagine then that uh, people should just go ahead and jump on over to manscaped.com and enter in promo MNP for what kind of a discount? You get a 20% discount. Use the code MANDP. That's M and P. Plug that right in. Twenty percent. Manscape right is now. a wonderful, wonderful little item, and that's one of our many sponsors. We have good fucking wine. We've got some hot sauce. We've got auto shops. We've got dog kennel sessions. Whatever you know, we we take on everybody. They all want to be part of Long Island's number one pro. Oh, Tommy Rich sure did enjoy your good fucking wine, didn't he? Tommy Rich can drink his ass off, man. As they all can. They all can. That's one good thing when they come in studio with us, right? We, you know, we feed them a little wine, let them loosen up a little bit. We have a good time. But I will be honest with you, Farrow and I have conducted some very, very poor interviews when we've had long days because we've pretty much polished off about how many bottles four, of wine, Farrow? Four, four, four bottles of wine. I yeah, within a couple hours, we're usually trashed. Yeah. At that point, we yeah. make some of the worst 
the worst yeah. interviews ever, but yeah. you know what? Yeah. Whatever. Like drunk and yell and slurring at Kevin Sullivan about how bad Hannibal sucked. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yep, I agree. Sorry. <laughs> so not, not a Hannibal fan. Uh, no, not particularly. No, if okay. I want if I want to take a nap, I am. Well, listen, listen, I don't we're not fans of many people. We are fans of the wild thing and, and Casanova. But oh, it, and you, that, and, and, well, that's that's why we're on the show. But we we get asked to come on shows all the time. And yeah. honestly, we're not trying to be arrogant, but we cannot stand the wrestling world in general. Yeah. Um, these people yeah, doing shows. First of all. All right. Wait, I got to ask a question. Right. So I watch your show religiously. And you're, you're building a network. Is that right, Wild Thing? Uh, that is correct, sir. The Antisocial Network. Uh, we just bought our uh, website, antisocialnetwork.cc. That's going to be launching soon. So did I hear you recently say that you're adding on a show called Coast to Coast, Pro Wrestling Coast to Coast? No. No, we have a couple of uh, guys who are friends of ours from a network called the Coast to Coast. And they really want to be able to just unload about things that are bothering them. And they know over here, we don't have any restrictions on language. So come on over, man. Who are, who are, who are those guys? Uh, that would be Adam and Mess Around Dave. Okay. All right. And Brandon too, right? The Brandon no, I don't Adam. think Brandon's doing it. It's just Dave and Adam. Oh, okay. No, the, re the reason being, right, there's a show out there. What's it called? Pharaoh Wrestling uh, and Everything, Coast to Coast or some shit like that? Uh, flush to Floss or something like that. Pretty bad. So pretty bad. We, we entered the wrestling world, right? So a quick synopsis of our relationship is Pharaoh and I went to junior high together, and Jimmy was a big wrestling fan where I was not – and we became friends and Jimmy kind of turned me on to pro wrestling. And, you know, just like anything else, you kind of lose contact with each other after a little while. He went his way doing his thing. He he became a very popular musician um, after high school. And I went on to college and then finally into the military. So we lost contact. And we finally reached back in like about 10 years ago. And Jimmy and I... We both always shared the love of sports in general, but also the, sh the love of wrestling. And I was invited onto a show, and long story short, it went pretty well, and I brought Jimmy aboard, and then we ended up doing our own show. Uh, some other radio station contacted us. The reason I'm getting into this is that was the birth of Monty Nefaro, but we really weren't in the wrestling world, and we don't consider ourselves wrestlers, right? We were just – Two fans, teenagers who fell in love with the sport, and we're not experts. We, you know, we, you know, we're just not. We're not in the biz. And the problem I have with a lot of podcasters out there, and again, we don't consider ourselves a podcast, but for a lot of podcasters out there, they think they're in the biz. They think they're. They think they made it. Damn right about that. All right. So we run across some of the biggest douchebags in the world. Seriously, in the world. There's a serious high degree of pollution. I can't, but, you know, when I came into this, I, as Mike said, you know, I've loved wrestling since I was a kid. And I had to readjust once I started to get, as Mike knows, it was kind of really, Mike was better at it because Mike 
is better at shifting through the bullshit than I am. I kind of get really wrapped up in the fact that people are just convincing themselves of a bunch of shit that's not true. They all think they're in the business, and it it got kind of nauseating. It was tough for us, but uh, you know, I've learned to change. I don't look at wrestling the same way I did, like I did with you know through a kid's joyous eyes. But you know, you find your way to still enjoy it. If that makes any sense? I'm sure you guys have come across your douchebags and wondered about this business and what the fuck am I doing? And then. At the end of the day, you know, you, if you make people happy and you put out a good product, then fuck it. You know, you deal with the douchebags, you put them to the side, you throw them in the circular pile, right? And the so, problem, yeah. the problem though with in-ring indie wrestling is, is just they all want to politic and they all want to fucking jockey, but there's only like two positions to be had. So just, man, fuck off, dude. Take the booking, work the match, right. remember right. your place on the Right. And entertain the people and make yourself an asset to that company so you can have one of those two spots. But these kids are coming out of wrestling school now in like three month accelerated courses and they're sucking the right dick and they're getting like semi main spots as their fifth match and it's humiliating. But what what is a semi main spot in an independent show? Five dollars? I mean, seriously. Yeah. I I mean, it's like, again, yeah, you go to some of these shows, and it, it it's some of the worst shit you've ever seen in your life. So you know we're coming full circle. So you guys brought up Hannibal, right? So Hannibal, I give him the respect, the fact that he was the OG of you know the the shoot interview in him and Oliver and maybe RF Video, right? Those those three. Um, so you got to give Hannibal a lot of credit. He's made a living off of YouTube. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying, but. Now, as this starts to grow, like you guys, right? People start to real like people are coming into this 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 uh, pro wrestling world podcasting thing that are much more talented, like you guys. So now Hannibal's starting to feel the pain, right? Because now it's starting to get swallowed up by these shows like yourselves, right? So that you know, um, but I guess the point is, is that I just can't deal with any any of these people. Seriously. Um, you guys know Evan Ginsburg? I'm sorry, Farrow. I'm going to bring this shit on, up. So. What are you you guys know Evan Ginsburg? I don't. Know. I don't know. No. You're so so fortunate. You're fortunate. <laughs> so we. So we. So we. We went to our first studio because Evan Ginsburg had a show there, right? It's true. And if anyone. Evan Ginsberg was associated with The Wrestler. You all know the movie The Wrestler, right? right. The one right. with Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, to me, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, but the, so that Evan was sitting on that station, we thought, wow, you know, holy cow, this guy is the real deal. And to Farrow's point a couple of minutes ago, is as you get to know all these fakes and these frauds, they're, they're nobodies. And they, somehow they just pull the wool over your eyes until you finally start to cipher through all the bullshit that, that goes on here. I mean... Everybody that does these shoot interviews pays these wrestlers. You know that, right? Uh, sure, yeah. Right? They all get paid, right? Without, you know, I think even Busted Open pays the wrestlers to come on. Maybe not some of the smaller names, but some of the bigger ones, right? So, you know, everybody tries to act like that's not the case and that's that's not what's going on. And He's my friend! Right. <laughs> we went to the library together this weekend. That's why Greg Valentine's coming on. Oh, well, shit, that bond between a man and that library. I, I understand. 
Scott, return that book. Return that book. So so we have we have we have a lot of problems with a lot of these guys. That's yeah. all. It's it's uh well they try to pull the annoying. con, right, Mike? Isn't that it? It's like you know, they're in the business and they try to pull the con on us, and it's like, hey man, I think we learned this game after about a month of this horse shit. Fuck off. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, pulling the con. That's probably that's probably yeah. the answer there. They're so I mean, the- honestly, that's why I like your guys' show, right? It's it's really not about wrestling. It's just about whatever, calling bullshit out and stuff like uh, that. Mike, if I could, Mike, if I could throw this in, I love the fact that they're the old, uh, you know, Opie and Anthony from uh, the birthplace of the Pharaoh. I was made in a lab in Florida, so I'm very excited that you guys are from Florida. That's awesome. That is awesome. Very good. Very good. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> And we do. We've talked about you guys for God, probably the last eight months. Like, well, should we approach them and ask them to come on? And yeah, like we kept going back and forth on it. We both took the opinion of what's it going to hurt to ask? And then counter up, uh, well, they get asked every day. So why would they even give us a second look? Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, but wild thing, I got to get this in there, though. You know what? You know, you ask us, you know, you ask us to come on, we come on and, uh, I want to know one thing. How did the Pharaoh become the pariah? <clears throat> you want to explain that one to me, buddy, old pal, old Southern connection, old long lost soul from Florida? Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Hey. No, 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 no. no. Please. Please, you talk. It's all fucking you right the, now. Please. The pariah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But enough about myself. Why don't you talk about me for a while? The pariah? Oy. So as I'm writing up this, well, I'm trying to do this wonderfully worded, flattering announcement <laughs> to advertise uh, yeah. Monty and Mariah coming on wrestling. It's a great gimmick, man. Miss, it sounds like it. I miss Pharaoh. Fucking autocorrect jumped in and said, oh, you're trying there to say go. Pariah. I didn't even notice until old Monty hits me up about an hour and a half after it's been up. And he goes, uh, well, I don't know who the pry is. You might want to fix this. And, and I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at the advertisement I wrote, and my brain isn't putting it together. I was like, ah, oh, he's fucking crazy. He's just, he's just busting my balls. But I couldn't get over it. I looked again. I was like, oh, shit, that's been up for hours. Damn it. Uh, spelling's mm-hmm. not your forte, Rob. Hey, hey, hey. You're right. That wasn't a bad graphic. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, except so, for yeah. the pariah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you would like it, Mike. Thanks a lot. So we, no, 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 no. It wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> we should have kept it up as pariah. Maybe that probably. Would have been. Um, Bro, what are you doing? We're writing him a new gimmick. Wow, wow. You know what? If I may jump in real quick, I mean this. This is this has been eating at me for weeks. Ever since I finally saw your interview with uh, Mr. Ron Shaw. Oh boy. And we know, you know, Ooh. being in the business as long as we were, touring around, hanging out with the old folk, we know how they get. And we know how, like, the more times they forget to tuck their chin, the more aggressive they got. But, man, Ron Shaw comes on your Ooh. show. He Ooh. comes on your show and tells you, uh, I'm going to tell you what you're asked. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to play this out how it's going to play out. Oh, fuck that. And you guys were both very cool as he was ranting until finally Pharaoh goes, bro, are you fucking kidding me? And you said, no, no, calm down, calm down, calm down. And then finally you said, bottom line, you know, this is my fucking show, our show. Bottom line is this is our show. Yeah. We're going to ask you whatever we want to ask you. And I was All like, right. man, I'm in love with these guys. But Based on how, and if you guys haven't seen it, man, go look up uh, Monty and the, and the 
and the pariah. Monty and the Pharaoh, you <laughs> fucked me up. On YouTube, and look for this Ron Shaw interview. Like, you will be shocked that a grown-ass Hall of Famer adult man was behaving like this on somebody else's show. So Chris and I spent man. years doing Asshole of the Month. Yeah, and we would absolutely. graduate at the end of the year to Asshole of the Year, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and we decided to get rid of that. It was getting old. You know, wrestlers will never quit running out of doing asshole things. But based on Ron Shaw's appearance on the Monty and Pharaoh show, we have designated a brand new annual spot where we're going to have Crybaby of the Year. <laughs> Fuck. Ron Shaw. And everybody, I want you to pay particular attention to it's a girl. Look at those titties. Fuck you, Ron Shaw. Where's your your bra at, man? Jeez. Wow. Look at him trying to pop his neck out like he's still got those fucking macho man veins. Can you, can anybody, can anybody who's who's watching right now, who's, who's in the chat room, can anybody name me one truly memorable Ron Shaw wrestling moment? Besides going when he was being inducted into the Hall of Fame, who? Anybody? Wow. One? All right, wait. So now hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Mike, as you know, I, 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 I'm actually very uncomfortable about the whole Ron Shaw thing because I kind of like Ron Shaw, mostly because of childhood memories, of course, because he's from that special little window when I was in junior high into high school. Uh, I try to make things cool with Ron Shaw and I was actually taken, I was surprised when he came on and attacked, continued to have a problem with Mike. I don't know, Mike, you want to fill in the rest of this? This has just been very awkward for me in a lot of ways, you know? Um, so I was when, a kind, I was taken aback, kind of upset his response, but Mike, please fill in, you know, the rest of the show. So, so when G- Jimmy and I started the Monty and the Farrow show, we decided, Hey, look, we love wrestling, right? But we don't love wrestling that much. Right. right. I, you know, right. we're, we're not the, uh, let's go over the results on Monday night, raw and AEW. Right. We kind of want to go into the background of the wrestler and what they were thinking right. and not even necessarily the dirt stuff. Right. We don't want to know dirt. Like we, you know, it's, we just want to hear what they think. But, and, but dirt sometimes comes with reality. We're looking absolutely. for the real person. We're yeah. looking for the real person. If the dirt services, so may it be, we're not looking for it, but if it comes up, we're certainly going to, you know, Sample so, sample that soil. <laughs> I, I am with Pharaoh that Ron Shaw is huge in our memories as younger yeah. fans, right? We're we're older than you guys, right? So, you know, we grew up on Ron Shaw and you know, we had a special place for him. But I can't do shows regurgitating bullshit. Mm. That's been covered by every other show out yeah. there. And I tried to explain that to Ron, and Ron really felt uncomfortable. And in some cases, right, Farrow, Ron is right. You know, they shut down our YouTube channel because of right. the controversy. We had to reboot that whole thing. We well, lost money. That's more, that's more due to obsessive douchebags. Some of the people we were talking about earlier that just can't, you know, accept the fact that we don't do things the boring way. Asking about arm bars from 1974. We're not afraid to ask, you know, the questions that really count, the questions that may make you feel uncomfortable. We're very upfront about what we do, though. If you don't like it, change the channel. Obsessing over us? Fuck you. Yeah. In the ass. 
And we cert we certainly have yes. our haters, right? So yes. back to Ron. Ron yep. really didn't want to do that type of interview, and right. I just wasn't right. going to to change it. And he wasn't happy about it. So hence we we had an issue. Again, I respect the guy for the career he had, and mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. do I respect the man? Probably not. I lost respect that day for him for sure. And but it's all cool, right? Um, yeah. People, I got punched in the face by Marty Janetti. Yeah. People think it was a work. It was real. I mean, Marty Janetti. What did you take away his mouthwash so he couldn't drink it? Well, no, you know, Ooh, that's this, a good story. While no this was a that real, was this was a real was serious bad. deal. We had brought yeah. him in for a mm -hmm. signing. There were kids there. Uh, we now, had a home, though, Mike. Don't forget, though, this was our first major guest, right? On top of it. So yes. we were very excited. Very you know, excited. we were dealing with like you know Joe Blow wrestling in Comac, and then we finally got to a Marty Janetti. You can imagine how excited we were, guys. Sure. So like that—that that was the humble beginnings, guys, because we used to have these wrestlers. That's how we got taught really early what kind of bullshit it is. We had right. a guy. He passed away. His name was Butcher Blackwell. Okay, and he claimed to be Jerry Blackwell's nephew. So we brought him in, you know, did interviews with him. We were very excited. We became friends with the guy. And then we're bringing in Marty Jannetty. So what does this guy do with Marty Jannetty? While kids are there, they decide to go into the bathroom and snort a shitload of cocaine. Of course. Which was, which was a major problem with me yep. and Pharaoh. Yep. Big and <laughs> Marty yeah. dropped his drawers in front of a in front of a kid with her mom. He dropped his drawers. Yeah. You know, it, it was very messed up. It was, very, it was actually very hurtful to watch this happen. The and we didn't like it. Right. So, high. so yeah, hence we went on the attack yeah. on him for quite a while. And when he came, Mike, you paid him show, well. Not to cut you off. I'm sorry, Mikey, but you paid. We paid him well. We paid him well for this experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Take it away, brother. And we had a, you know, we had an argument, and I wasn't going to let it go. And he decided to pop me, and he popped me good. And thanks for the pharaoh, he took it, took care of him. But people still, as they think, it was a work between me and him. Now, oh. as funny it is, it's not even funny. This is what men. Oh. It's about men being men. We're very close with Marty Janetti now. It's all yep. forgiven, right? We're yep. very close with him. In fact, I talk to Marty at least once Love a week. Marty. So, but. This is the funny thing. Go back to these other wrestling guys, right? There was such hatred for us out there that people would be friending this guy, Butcher Blackwell, and trying to, you know, at this point, we thought he was a wrestler, and he kind of was going on other shows, and we weren't happy about it. We had a falling out with the guy. He ended up passing away, but he was forgotten by all these people. He was used by them. It, my point is, Chris, wild thing, I, I can't say it enough. I can't stand these people, and I don't beat around the bush. I call out names. I won't go, this guy from this show, no. Fuck you, Russell Jackman. Fuck you, Evan Ginsberg. Fuck you, Hannibal. And those agents also that bring these wrestlers around. These guys are, these guys would sell their mother for a penny, man. And fuck Ron Shaw, still. Yeah. What, wow. what about Ron Shaw? And fuck him, too. Oh, okay. Fuck Ron Shaw. <laughs> fuck, it away. fuck you, Ron Shaw. Right fuck you, fuck Ron. Oh, my God. So, Mike, uh, I, I like Ron. You're putting me in a very rough spot. All right, fine. Fuck you, Ron Shaw. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Fuck you, Ron Shaw. You punk. You punk. 
So ask, answer me this, guys. Why did you get into this? What was your passion that you guys decided to do this? You want to take this one, Rob? I can jump in. Yeah, I'll start from the start. Um, yeah. God, how long ago would you say it is, Chris? 22, 23 years? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say early 2000. Let's just go with that. 2000, okay. 2001 range. Something Back like that. in the good old days, a very close friend of mine, uh, he used to be a ring announcer for the old WWF uh, for the East Coast primarily. He did a little bit of Central. but West Coast. Uh, his, what's that? West Coast. West Coast primarily. He did a little yeah. bit of Central as well. But um. Michael Porter was his name, and him and this gentleman, Rick Rockwell, came up with the concept because this little AM radio station saw a value in a professional wrestling on-air talk show. So they started up WrestleShoot, and they brought me in to be one of their earlier on uh, guests. And I, I guess I, I wowed them right away because I walked into the studio. You know how most guys walk into your studio. They're trying to be quiet. You know, they're just getting to their cans. They're getting the microphone. I did all of that. I kept came in with respect, grabbed the microphone, and just went, shut your mouth, jabronis. Finally, the Rob has come back to Marysville. So anyway, after that, all of a sudden, I was the new third chair on the, on the uh, wrestle shoot. And then uh, Rockwell, one of the founders, some personal issues came up and he had to go. So we rode the WrestleShoot train on AM. We did FM. So we moved it around a bit. Then we took it to a film version. And uh, we were doing it on television out there in uh, Sacramento, Stockton, Modesto, Yuba City, kind of all that area. Yeah, Central Central California. Yeah. And then... um, Chris and I just decided we had enough of the business for the uh, aforementioned reasons. Uh, that that was just kind of done. And then we lost Mike. He uh, passed away after he moved to L.A. to be one of the innovators of what podcasts are. So he was doing wrestle shoot on podcast before us by himself. So after he passed, uh, God, just forever later. Uh, I started hitting up Chris because our conversations just on the phone are so weird sometimes. And weird and they random. jump all over the place and they're funny and blah. And I was like, you know, we should be doing a podcast. He kept saying, no, no, we don't need to do a podcast. Do you want to step in now, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of those conversations had, had a lot of alcohol involved as well. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, so, uh, I would say what a year later after we talked about it, uh, brought it up and, uh, we're drinking heavily. I called Rob up. I was like, we should do a podcast. And Rob's like, I've been fucking saying for the last goddamn year, man. This ain't no new fucking idea. Can I put a twist on that? What he actually said was, what he actually said was, hey, Rob, I have a great idea. Oh, what's your idea? We should do a podcast. The fuck have I been saying for the last year? So continue, Chris. No, man. So, yeah, so we 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 said, "Fuck, let's do it, man!" And what what do we start? What two two weeks later, three weeks later, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we started on audio only. Yeah, it was just straight audio. Okay. And I don't even remember the program we jumped on. What was that program again? It was uh, Anchor and Spotify. You know all those audio platforms that are free when yeah. the Anchor puts you on. Yeah. So, but we, we didn't know about it. It's pretty quick. 
yeah, we didn't want those typical shows where like, you know, doing shows every week, like doing stats and talking about matches and, you know, the same old boring shit that you guys were talking about earlier. It just, it's fucking boring. So we're like, well, let's go on the show and get the real shit. Like you guys, you know, having our show and talking about the real stuff and getting those real questions and everything and uh, having fun with it and just, you know, flying by the seat of our pants um, and no scripts or, you know, uh, we have a couple of bullet points we talk about, but for the most part, it's just having a, a conversation and letting it roll. And um, we're getting a lot, we got a lot, a lot of good press right away. A lot of people were like, man, we love this shit. This is real. Like um, good shit. <clears throat> A four aforementioned Adam, uh, Adam Barber from that coast to coast place you brought up. Yeah. Uh, but it's a different spot. But he approached us and said, We'd like to interview you on our wrestling show that we do. And uh, we did it. You know, of course, why not? We turned on the web cameras and it was over here on StreamYard. And yeah. Next thing you know, he's like, I'd really like you guys to put Wrestle Shoot on our platform and start getting that video exposure. And then just it started started going and couldn't believe yeah. how quick it was going. Now you guys, are, you guys are from California to West coast. Yeah. Yep. So let me ask you, uh, did you guys know Roland Alexander, and Mike modest? Did you guys work with those guys? Mike was my trainer. He was Mike, Mike, yeah, I trained APW. So Forgive me for this, right? Because I'm not the wrestling expert, yeah. but I, I'm I I am somewhat interested in the California independent scene, right? Because you know now what is it? Um, wrestling so, yes. Iron, right? Wrestling Iron, I think it was. And what did Roland run? What was his organization? Uh, all, all pro wrestling, and then um, Mike branched off from Roland. Uh, they had a bit of a falling out, and Mike started his own um, thing. Oh, Iron, yeah, that's right, right. Yeah, pro wrestling iron. So, thing. Ha, ha, first of all, ha, how did Roland die? Boom, boom. Yeah, I want to say, was it a heart attack? The heart stopped. Yeah. Yeah, it was a heart attack. Yeah, Mister Mister uh, Six Jack in the Box tacos, two jumbo jacks, and an extra large diet coke. His heart stopped. Mm. Yeah, he was in he was in terrible shape, man. He had sleep apnea, high cholesterol, blood pressure, all kinds of shit. Now, when you watch when you watch Beyond the Mat, him and Modest seemed like they were really close. So, what caused the breakup between those guys? Um, Roland, like the story I got that Roland was um wasn't really letting Mike branch out too much on his own, and what you call it, Mike's like, I want to do my own shit. Like, I don't want to be exclusive to you. And Roland's like, No, you need to be exclusive to me. And Mike had the, all these offers from Japan and basically came down to one day. He's like, Mike's, I'm going to start my own fucking place. And he took probably about 70% of APW with him, like uh, a lot of the wrestlers. Um, a few people stayed behind, but it was mainly Modest wanted to do his own thing and Roland was kind of holding him back. So let me ask you this. So there's the story about Kali, right? Kali had a different name when he was in California. And Kali actually killed a wrestler in the ring. Do you know anything about that? Were you around for that? I was gone. I was gone after that. Um, but it had their thing. Um, I did work a match with Kali, uh, with Kali though um, earlier on on the independent circuit. Uh, but yeah, that was from the story I got. He was killed. The student was killed at the school during a practice session. And he had some seizures um, and some concussions, and nothing was really done about it at all. 
from the story I got. And Rob, you can jump in anytime. And, and that's that's the fucking problem. Was this kid took yeah. that big choke slam from Kali? Kali yeah. was uh, green as grass, and this kid was even greener. So he took that big choke slam. He took it wrong. He wanged his head off the mat before his body even hit. Now that happens, you know, that kind of shit happens in the ring. Problem was he Nothing rolled was out of the it. ring, immediately started vomiting into a garbage can and the fucking mega brain trust that be over at APW told the kid just to sit down and shake and shake it off. And yeah, nothing was done about it. And his family should have got significantly more than they did. Now, don't get me wrong. They got what? 1.2 million, Chris. Well, Rob, hold on. Let's slow down a little bit because kind of reeling you guys right into this. So it's rolling pretty perfect. Um, (laughs) Who (laughs) who represented Roland as a lawyer at that point. Oh no. Uh, me was his name was his name Russell Jackman by a chance? I don't know the no name. Idea, no. Buddy know. Buddy Statello Satello, he was a manager, right? Oh in that Buddy, area. Buddy Costello? Yeah, Satello, whatever the hell his name is. You know that guy? I know I know. I met him briefly on a couple Wait a minute. Of shows. Is Buddy Costello a lawyer? I you I guess he used to be. I know he was working. I know he was working pro bono for Russell during that whole thing. And like he was so bono. bad. He was working pro bono. Russell fired him because he was so bad at his wow. job. But oh shit. Um, but God. you know, this wow. is another guy in the wrestling world that you know, I'm in the business, right? And he was, you know, he's a lawyer. So, um, but the kids' wild family, thing. the kids' family did make money. Wild thing, huh? They they, they did get some. Who, who did they get paid by? I think insurance. Well, it was the insurance company. Yeah, yeah the insurance had, company. Yeah. Roland had to cover two hundred grand of it. There, were, yeah, there was like a copay or something. Um, so I'm making copay, whatever you call it, a fee that Roland had to pay. But no, yeah, that was insurance, and that really. That really oh, was the beginning of the end of Roland's already failing health. After he lost that suit, he, he just he just went down. But what, let me ask you: so Was Roland was modest? Were they good guys or were they scumbags? They rip you off or fill me in? I, I don't think they're a couple of cunts. <laughs> yeah, um, Roland. Yeah, Roland's total scumbag. Total scumbag. Um, you know, Roland was an accountant, so he's great with fucking numbers. Um, so he'll yeah he'll pretty much fuck anybody over. Um, Wait, honestly, he was a, he was an accountant who died with no money, right? At the end, who used a lawyer that couldn't pr- produce any kind of law? Okay, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> holy limp biscuit, Batman. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Um, modest, I have no judgment. Jelly shit. I have no judgment. I'm honest. I mean, he was my trainer, um, but, but I mean, I haven't talked to him in years. He did. I'll speak on it. Mike Modest, you're a fucking prick, and you know you're a prick. You're a disrespectful son of a bitch. You don't give people their proper respect in any locker room that you're in because for some reason, because you fucking jobbed out Prince Ikea once, you think you are the fucking California version of Hulk Hogan. Guess what, Jack? You know who the California version of Hulk Hogan is? Hulk fucking Hogan! That's who the California Hulk Hogan is. You are Michael Modest, Mikel Modesto, you're a fucking dick. You just are a dick. You're a roid rage machine back in the day. <laughs> fuck you and fuck anybody who looks like you. You mean a five foot three roid rage machine? Yeah, that little fucking midget dude. And I t- 
took a piss, dude, and yeah. he happened to be standing underneath me. I didn't even know it. So, <laughs> again, you guys you guys are actually were wrestlers, right? You were in the biz. So yeah. I'm asking you questions because I don't know. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry. Just keep on going here. There was another guy from California. His name by Mike Lano. Did he hang around oh. you guys a lot or no? He's a photographer. Mike, yes. Oh, I know Mike. He was uh, with AEW uh, for a bit. Yeah, that's APW's little photographer bitch, right? Yeah, uh, you weren't yeah. you weren't showering when the bulb, the light, the, the camera bulb went off, were you? Like you know, in the shower. Of course he was. There that he was is. part of the deal, I thought. There he is. Hi, I'm Doctor Mike. Hi, click. <laughs> it didn't happen, did it? I hope it didn't happen. How big time is he? He's like Napolitano level, right? Big time, right? It's big time over there, right? I don't fucking know. I've only I've only <laughs> seen the guy once, never met him. But I know talking. he's that dude with like the uh, Dago slick hair. Is that who we're thinking about, Chris? Is that the right guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah I never talked to him too much, to be honest. So I mean, whatever. I mean. And by the way, for everybody watching, when I say faggot, I'm not referring to homosexual. Oh, there was a no. time when the four guys here were growing up. We said, hey, Chris, stop being a fag. Not saying stop, like, enjoying the pleasure of male company. Yeah. Stop being a fag. So don't be <laughs> sensitive. If you're too PC to be here, then you know you shouldn't be here. Jog on. You yep. punk. You punk. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> wow. So the California scene is quite crazy, man. That's that's some crazy shit. It's Holy wild cow. west, man. It's wild west out there. And it's so yeah. disorganized and it's so selfish. Like uh mm-hmm. there was this guy, he was he was in uh, Reno Scum on what was the Ring of Honor, Adam Thorstow. Okay. Like he and Adam had legit fucking heat, man. He came from Reno from this fat slob piece of garbage, Brian Bridger, who trained him. And me and him had heat because I had heat with his trainer. He took off. He went back east to go wrestle for about a year. And he came back a different man. They humbled him. So California wrestling is very, ooh, no, I want to get the belt. Oh, I'm not ready to lose yeah. the belt. Dude, fuck a belt. Fuck you. Quit, quit marking out. And in 10 years, you're going to be jockeying for the same positions in the same company. Yeah. And everybody's fighting for the same number of fans. Too many egos. Yeah. You got you guys videos. you guys wrestle like so I gotta ask you this with all the safety protocols today and all the advanced medicines and all that shit, you guys think it's more dangerous to be a wrestler today than it was when they were truly earning their stripes the old fashioned way back in the day? Because nowadays you can get in the ring with a guy who's been trained by you know, from Sam's delicatessen. You're gonna trust your, your life, your neck with that half inch of mistake that could happen and paralyze you. Do you think it's more dangerous being a wrestler today? Absolutely. I think it's more dangerous maybe being a wrestler today because they don't know how to fucking work. And that's the yeah. They don't have to protect go. themselves or protect the person they're working. No um, awareness. Yeah, no, yeah, there you go. Rain awareness, that's a huge yeah. one. Um back then when we when we started, we were taught to how to protect ourselves and our uh, person that we're working with. Uh ring awareness. Uh I mean, the classes were a lot longer. Um when we when we were ready, we were ready. To, right. to go out there and um, and have a good right. match at least right. at least to protect everyone and they- but when we were ready we were ready to go out there and take a squash for the first year that's what yeah, we were exactly. ready for not to go out there and suddenly be in the semi main stink no. the whole fucking show up because you could have me in a match Chris in a match uh, you could have uh, Sumite Woke you could have uh, Rampage all these great wrestlers leading up to get to the main event. 
You get to a semi-main from some little cocksucker who sucked the right cock, and he just killed the entire show before it. And now nobody cares about the main because the art of psychology is dead. Mm. But Dr. There's Mike no got a photo of it, though. So when we talk to Mike, got his picture. Mike. <laughs> what? Wow. Another shot at Dr. Mike. Never mind. Hi, Dr. Mike. Uh, no, you guys bring up you guys bring up look again. You guys bring up really good points. It's what made you guys get out of the wrestling part of it? It was at a point where you realized it wasn't going to go anywhere or just all the reasons we already went over. We just couldn't it the, the state of the business disgusted us. It, it's too much politics, too many egos involved. Um yeah. That was my main thing. It was it just got too much after a while. And when you get these guys who call themselves pros, who are pissed off, like, and I'm going to use this little cunt hair Rick Luxury out there in California who is still wrestling. Uh, He's too old. He's too broken. He needs to get the fuck up out because he's a cunt anyway. But uh, we were going to put this cruiserweight title on this cat, Tony Dreamer. He was a good dude. He was a youth pastor, and he was a solid worker. We were going to take a different direction with a white hot baby face. And Luxury had a problem. So he decided to uh, hit Tony Dreamer with his finisher, with his with Rick's finisher, grab Dreamer, pull him on top of him like the belt doesn't matter to me. So he just went out there and bastardized the belt, bastardized his position in the show, and got his shit thrown out the back door and almost killed in the locker room for his trouble. But that's what the business has turned into on the indie level yeah. so far. No, it sounds like AEW to be quite honest. But uh, you know. yeah, well, what 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 kind of what kind of crowds did you guys draw? Like, what was a good crowd? What was a bad crowd? Three hundred. Okay. Was that a norm or was that? Right? Yeah, that was just that was the night we we knew we were going to draw. Like, you know, average three fifty. Yeah. So at three hundred, the promoters making some decent people. money. I mean, what's he paying you guys? Well, that was for uh, UWA. That was for a promotion that we started together. So we were drawing. 350. Right. 350. And did Other you shows use... typically what like maybe a buck fifty to two hundred, Chris? Yeah, I would say give or take. And what would you now did you guys have a school also or just a promotion? We did have a school for a little while, but just got tired of it. So like how does how does it work? Do you bring the students in and then they work for free and they set up everything and you bring the crowd in and you bring like one star in there to to trying to draw the crowd. That's where you made your money. Is that the way it works? Is that the formula? Cause that seems we like did. the formula around here. We did stars, uh, you know, sure. But uh, we also really, I mean, we really understood how we wanted ourselves to be marketed. So that's how we would market that. So we were making our local guys, uh, some of them, the imported talent, the ones that people were still paying to come see. It's those other schmucks who were on the undercard who, Ain't nobody unique paying to see your stupid ass, but they think they deserve a hundred bucks and they should be glad we're giving them a 20 and a spot to start working on their craft. But yeah, no, there's no money in indie wrestling. So being that you guys are in the biz and this is like a question. Mm-hmm. So we're again, we're not in the biz. Sure. There's a, we know there's wrestling lingo out there. Do you guys get pissed off when we'll call us amateurs talk wrestling lingo or get involved in the wrestling business. It insults you guys. Cause no, like we didn't put in any time, right? You guys worked your ass off. We didn't. 
Does that piss you off? That's a gray area, man. Um, yeah, that is. Maybe back in the beginning, like when yeah. we were still in the ring, maybe that would annoy us. Not, not today, though. Mm. So back in the day, if I was, you guys were in a bar, I'd be like, yo, man, you really drew some color tonight. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. That would piss you off. Yeah, I'd say, who the fuck are you, man? See the door? You need to use it. Get the fuck out of here, pal. Don't make, don't make me call Janetti, dude. That wrist lock was impressive. I would have blew it off. I'd be like, yeah, thanks. And that's all I would say. Just turn back around and finish my No, Now, see, that's where I'm different. If they came at me with some actual inside shit, like, no. uh, holy fuck, you guys were over and you got some great color tonight. Do the fucking fuck yourself, dude. Get out of here. You want an eight by 10, 20 bucks? Get the fuck out of here. Wow. We, we're not allowed to use the lingo. It's not right. You can't do wow. don't even Don't ever use the word over again, ever. Wow. <laughs> Ever. Uh, see, I'm the smooth one. Rob, Rob's the one. Rob's a little more controversial. Yeah, I'm the hammer. That's true. Yeah. You're, I'm the hammer. You're the beefcake. There you go. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so Chris, your name's Chris Casanova, right? Are you concerned that you're going to get sued by Kenny Casanova? No. No. Who? He knows funny. who Kenny Casanova is. I know who Kenny Casanova is. Yeah. Yeah. I'll worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, come see we me, Kenny. Get him on here. Bill Ooh, Kenny Casanova. Like, Bill is yeah. your like way out of shape cousin. <laughs> so, That's all awesome. right, who do you guys hate the most in the industry? Wow, it changes. Come on, there's got to be ultimate hate somewhere. Ultimate hate. Ultimate hate. <laughs> Tony Khan. Tony Khan, really? Why? Why, why, Tony, why Tony Khan, that little tissue-faced fucking mark? Go ahead. Why? <laughs> well, I don't I don't hate Tony Khan at all. That was a joke. But, uh, oh, man. You know, I, I do. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> what I'm going to do is tell you somebody who I used to love, who I'm suddenly starting to hate so much, and maybe you guys have an oh. answer to this question I ask often. Okay. Why do you gentlemen think that... Paul Roma's a fucking bitch. It won't man up or come on wrestle shoot and face me. You hear me, Roma? I'm talking to you yet again, you beady-eyed dago pile of fuck. You forgotten, washed-up horseman. Dude, you ain't got nobody to get your back. Herc ain't around. What, you call Jim Powers? Call me, pussy. It's been years. I'm still here. And I know you see this. You fuck I think Paul Roma can fuck you up, Rob, still. I'll fucking kill Dago-ass Roma. I'll, I'll kill the fucking Forgotten Horseman. I'll take you to the glue factory, Roma. Fucking bet. Wow, what made, what made you guys love wow. wrestling? <laughs> what the fuck, Mike? Shit, no <laughs> he just killed Paul Roma. Tell us about that arm bar that turned you on. I know. I was hoping you guys would give me a reason why he's being such a little fucking putt pounder. But actually, he, I I can't because he ruined the four horsemen. I've got nothing to add to your insults because other than that, that's right. He did ruin. Right. The four. I'll give him that. Ruined, ruined the four horsemen. Who let this stallion into the barn? So I'm 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 gonna be the anti wild thing on this one. Paul Roma okay. was okay, part okay. of the Young Stallions, which was one of the finest WWF tag oh, teams back in it. the day. Him. Jim Powers, two handsome young men built like brick shit houses. Well, well trained tag team. And 
Roma went on to become one of the finest four horsemen in the history of the four horsemen. In fact, when he came on, I was I was ecstatic, ecstatic that they have they have put Paul Roma up there. Why? Nice. So basically, basically, what I'm hearing from you, Monty, is you want to suck Roma's cock. Is that about right? Listen, I'm at an age now, Rob. If the price is right, I do anything. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks, man. Unbelievable. Twenty bucks ain't gonna cut it. Now you, you know you get in the two thousand dollar range. I'm there. I'm gold. He's not. You're not cheap. I'm not. I'm not cheap, but I'm. I'm. I'm not afraid either. Paul Boner. And keep this fucking around. I'm going to go hire Buddy Statello to be my lawyer, and I'm going to sue your ass, so be careful. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I like your odds, Mike. I like your odds. So Where I'll get you? myself a paralegal and we'll blow you bitches out the water or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think yeah. you need that. Just go to Walmart and get one of those cashiers and bring them. You'll be fine. Or I'll get one of those little books, Law for Dummies. So seriously, what go. made you guys become wrestlers? What what was the moment that you guys said, "Mom, Dad, girlfriend, wife, I want to be a wrestler"? Oh shit! Um, well, it was my mom's fault. She was watching wrestling when I was um, probably about ten or eleven years old, and I was fucking hooked. No matter what, it went. It just went from there. Was it a particular was- match or a wrestler? Uh, I was watching Ric Flair. Woo! Fucking traitor. Go ahead. What? You're a wait, tra- wait, wait. You're traitor, a traitor. What? You're a traitor. He's not, from the, he's not from the New York area, Mike. He's, he's down there with the George He's from California. Wrestling. California is not NWA territory. Oh, that's even better. That's John Tolo's te- territory with the Olympic Auditorium. <laughs> John Tolo's. That's, that's some good shit over there. You stop it. I like that stuff. That yeah, you got to watch you that, man, back then. Back then, yeah, you had uh, Alex Knight running around out there raising hell. So, gotta be yeah, careful yeah. when you're talking about yeah. California. Yeah, yeah. So, you're not a Flair fan, Monty? It's not that I'm not a Flair fan. It's just I I really get sick and tired of, you know, when people talk about the greatest matches or why they love wrestling. They're like, oh. Flair versus Steamboat was the greatest match I've ever seen in my life. It's like, shut up, man. 3,000 people watched that boring-ass bullshit. And the only reason it was halfway decent is because Rick Steamboat is a good wrestler. And I'm not an anti-Flair guy. But again, Rick Flair, Ricky Steamboat is not nearly the best match of all time. And it really pisses me off. It's just like, you can't say something is great when you have 3,000 people watching it. I'm sorry. It just that, that if there's no interest, it can't be great. Greatness doesn't happen if people don't watch. Wild thing. You look like you're really I'm, you're pissing you off. Are you upset He's, about He that? looks puzzled. He does. I'm just, just very confused by what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I am confused a little bit as well. Uh, that makes If I can clear this up, I think basically at the end of the day, it's really about spectacle in many ways too. It, of course, this is his, this is your own perception as a fan. Listen, Vince has been saying for years that it's entertainment. I believe that it's both, of course. It's, it's half sport, it's half entertainment. But listen, there is nothing bigger than Hogan and Andre staring at each other in front of 93,000 people at WrestleMania three. That was truly big, big, big time. Ric Flair, as Mike is pointing out, and Rick Steamboat may have been a sport five-star match. But again, when you compare it to the spectacle of what Vince was creating simultaneously at the same time, 
come on. So I guess it really comes down to the difference being WWE guys growing up here in New York, watching Vince McMahon turn what he turned into. Wrestling became a Super Bowl, thanks to Vince McMahon. So we are conditioned to look at it that way. You understand what I'm getting at? When Hogan stares at Andre, that to me is the ultimate kind of moment that pro wrestling can give, not just you and me, the purists who grew up watching it, but the regular quote-unquote person off the street who knows who Hulk Hogan is to this day. And see, my moment, my moment that you're relaying, you're relaying your Hulk and Andre is that awe-inspiring, you know, uh, moment. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But when I saw Hulk and Andre, I was young enough to where it was what it was from the beginning. Just Mm -hmm. superhero versus supervillain. You know, locked up this epic. Larger than life. The match that stood out for me, like Andre and Hulk did for you, was Hogan Warrior at Mania 6. Because now we got... Once again, Batman and Superman fighting, but on top of right. that, never before on watching you know the uh, Southerns, the Easterns, watching any of the countries or territories of the country, never have I seen a crowd that was literally cut in half. So much so, mm-hmm. and it could have been a plant, but to me, it looked good. Where one side of the entrance aisle, somebody is holding a cardboard of Hogan directly mm-hmm. across, cardboard a warrior. The energy that immediately punches you in the face. Warrior's yep. already half-gassed. You can tell from shaking the ropes. And then comes Hulkster. Bum, bum, bum. Now that's the music that makes you go, here comes Superman. Right. Yep. So that right. was my uh, Andre right. and Hogan moment. But it was... Uh, so so let, know, let, me, let me... Hold on, Farrow. And this is why Farrow is my partner, because he kind of clears up everything the proper way for wrestling fans to understand, but I'll ask both of you guys this. You're going to talk about, you know, Kenny Omega against somebody. I'm not saying you're a Kenny Omega fan. Don't get me wrong. Would you rather have that type of match or would you rather have the ultimate warrior and honky tonk man at SummerSlam? Oh man, was that great? Thirty-one. Yeah, honking warrior seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Yep. exactly. Yeah, well, you know what it is, guys. Too, it's the knee-jerk reaction kind of like you know we we're tired of hearing shit about Hogan. You know, right, Mike? We're tired of hearing yeah. shit about Hogan. What the fuck? You know? Okay, so Hulk Hogan can't do a fancy flip like Kenny Omega. Hulk Hogan can't sit there and do a wrestling flip for sixty minutes like Ric Flair. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit. Doesn't mean that I don't love Ric Flair any less for the things he does, but I'm sick of Hulk Hogan getting killed here. Hulk Hogan is the reason why we have what we have today. If you don't well, like Hulk it, Hulk Hogan is, is Matt Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. It, Babe the, Ruth. You're right. Yeah. He put it on. He put it on the map. Hold on. No doubt Hold on. on. I'm going to say this too. This is something people don't give enough credit for. The fact that no matter who put wrestling on the map is Cindy Lauper put wrestling on the map. Wrestling was its own little area where all these wrestling assholes had their little planet. They could go jerk off in mommy's basement, right? Because it was their own little thing. Cindy Lauper brought that into mainstream. Her, Piper, Hogan, McMahon, Wendy Richter. You know, we don't give the women enough credit. You know, Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter and Moolah, you know, I was was balls in that whole time. And I remember – yeah, how that thing started with the you know before the war to settle score. I think it was the brawl for it all, 
Again, I'm looking only from the WWE eyes of it, but we did watch NWA wrestling. We did have cable. And NWA wrestling was cool, man. It was an option, but but the feeling was not nearly the same. Well, right. It was Broadway versus L.A. Yeah. That's that's a good comparison. That's a great comparison. But the thing is, the um, L.A. version of wrestling over Vince's Broadway – was it looked more gritty, so it made you feel like it was more real. Right, right. They would try to sell more of the sports angle than the entertainment right. angle. And that's always been the deal. AEW tries to fool people with that shit today. Oh, we're selling the sports angle. And I love these purists who always say Vince is the slave driver and he doesn't take care of his wrestlers. The AEW fans don't give a crap how badly these guys kill each other in their company. They don't give a shit. These guys are killing themselves over there. It's safer to work in the WWE. With all their criticisms of Vince McMahon over the years, it is much safer to work for Vince McMahon than it is your beloved QMB marks out there, your beloved AEW. That company's getting people physically killed. And they want more. I I think that I, like Chris and I could go out there and get the same amount of heat just throwing Japanese arm drags as these dudes who were fucking doing moonsaults in the middle of a match for some inexplicable fucking reason. It doesn't make sense anymore, but they're all still trying to one-up each other because they all want that belt because they forget it to work. Pricks. What do you mean? It's not not real? And in kind, it's it's the bullshit... (laughs) of what they're doing on AEW and WWE is trickling down the mountain and it's ruining it down on the indie levels. Thank God some of the old schoolers are still out there to smack these kids in their teeth out there uh, when they're these kids are going too fast or they're getting reckless and the old schoolers just show them. Thank God those dudes are there because I don't see how much more life the business actually has at this point. Mm. Yeah, Mike scares me all the time with that. Mike, what do you what do you think the state of uh, wrestling is at this point? Especially now that Vince is back, and there's rumors that Vince may sell, which is a nightmare to me. Mike, do you think that? Uh, look at this. I'm talking to my farm. Well, I don't think it's a rumor Mike, because Mike, they hired J.P. Morgan. Is it so? Is it, it going to be sold to Disney, Mike? And what do you think that that does for wrestling? I think wrestling is dying. Um, oh. When you say that, but you might wrestling, right. wrestling in itself, is di- wrestling in itself is dying. Sports entertainment, WWE land is not dying, right? You know, the ratings don't, the ratings matter, but they don't matter in the way they used to, which I think everybody's clear on that. But r- wrestling in itself is oversaturated, um, it's not the same. The WWE is very smart, right? They're building the next generation of fans, right? And that's that's what they're doing. AEW, on the other hand, is going to the 30 and 40-year-old who, you know, that niche, niche audience that, that wants this NWA back to Chris, back to you with the Ric Flair thing. And you, wild thing, about the reality of it. It seemed more real type of thing. And people, you know, people really don't want it. And again, I can I can't I can't I can only stomach wrestling for so so much, right? I we love doing our show because we talk to most of the older guys, right? The older guys that we remember when we were children. I mean, we had Backlin on, 
And oh, great. This guy. Great. So great. This guy, if 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 you want to call it a gimmick, he was Bob Backlund. And boy, did this guy have morals. And boy, did this guy. Yep. It was. It was. Captain America walked into the studio. It was Captain America. It was great. And but the the point of the matter is, was he carrying an apple pie and Ovaltine? It was close. It was. It was close. Big glass of milk. It was great. But I I will talk about how much he loves his mother. Yeah. These, These older. These older guys, like the Tommy Riches. He's awesome. These guys He's meant awesome. something. And boy, Tommy Rich yep. couldn't fucking wrestle worth a shit. But he was great, in my opinion. I love Tommy. And Rich. that's not an insult on Tommy Rich. I disagree. I thought Tommy Rich, Tommy Rich took what he had and yeah, squeezed good. way more out of it than he should have been able to. I thought that's Tommy fine. Rich was great. Right. But you but but yeah, no also, wild thing. Also, I'm not saying great pro wrestler wasn't a great pro wrestler. What I'm trying to tell you. He wasn't your prototypical great wrestler. You know what I mean? Right, he wasn't right, a great wrestler. Yeah, right. That type. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't being called Bret Hart or Kurt Hennig. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yep. Tommy was good, though. Tommy told a great story in the ring. He told the most sympathetic babyface story. Think about what a babyface Tommy Rich was. Fantastic. Fantastic baby. Sure. You know, smoked a lot of weed, too. I like Tommy. <laughs> Out of boy, that's my that's my kind of guy. Same as Snooka yeah. boy. I used to uh, really love just sitting under the tree with Snooka as he lights one joint right off the other one. Then we oh, go to man. breakfast, <laughs> and then he would drink that night and be a cunt. Then so get so oh, no. so wild thing. I'll ask you about this. You guys are wrestlers, right? You're hanging around with these old timers. Do you turn around and you think to yourself, like, why am I being nice to this guy? He murdered this girl. Never, because nobody was fucking there. Like, for people to say, Snooka murdered this woman, you weren't fucking there. You don't know what yeah. happened. One of them's dead, and the other one's not talking, so that's where that was led up. But based on the preponderance, and people, you know, fucking me and Jimmy have had a couple of sideways conversations. We've almost got down a couple of times. But you weren't fucking there. Jimmy was an admitted drug addict, and so was Cheryl. And we don't know what kind of a confrontation that they had. But for anybody to be so idiotic to suggest that he would leave her laying in a bed, dead, go to work, come back, then call the cops doesn't give Snooka the kind of mental capacity that a walnut would have even back then. If what you- they got into it and he thought she was about to die, he would have called 911. He would have gotten help. He might have still have left and gone to work. Who knows? But people who have... Look, the courts could not find enough evidence to convict Snooka. And if you have all of your little opinions and, and your little made-up factoids about what happened, you weren't there. Go fuck yourself. When Wild Jimmy what do you, wasn't what drinking, do you think happened? What do you think happened, Wild Thing? I'm just I don't know. Jimmy wasn't talking about it, so I don't know. He's not talking about it at all, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, you know, I, you know how it is, man, the way they you know, serve up whatever information and whatever way they want to serve it up to you. It doesn't look good coming from, you know, the outside looking in. It didn't look good. 
You know, so I'm just curious as to what you thought might have happened instead. Sure, it didn't. What you just it, said, I don't usually hear. You know, so well, I'm curious. What I would what I would guess is exactly what his defense was, because okay. I mean, we've known we knew before he passed. We knew Jimmy for a really long time, okay. and although in the ring when he turns on the Superfly, he can lie mm-hmm. with the best of them, but when oh, he's yeah. having a conversation and lying to you, his eyes were his biggest tell. Right. And he just said, you know, we were fucking doing coke. I had to go to work. She didn't want me to go. She started grabbing a hold of me. She started hitting me. I turned around and I swatted her and she went down and and she hit her head. I didn't think she was actually injured. I put her into bed. She died when I was at work. I came back and I called the police. Wow. And why wouldn't you believe that? Mm. He's admitting I was doing cocaine. I committed domestic violence. But I did not know she was actually. Yeah. Injured. yeah. I don't know. Feel the same way, Chris? I do. Yeah. Well, you've known Jimmy just as long as I had. Like, what was your take when you would hear these? When we would book him, and these marks would send us these stupid emails. Oh, you're booking a murderer! Like, how did that jar you? Yeah, just irritated, man. Just irritated the fuck out of me. Just it was. It was terrible, man. It's like, fuck, you don't know. These people, you know, talking all this shit that they don't know the fucking facts. And no one's really going to know the true facts and what really happened. I mean, Jimmy can give you a story of what happened, but no one was there. So, right. You don't know what really happened. So, at that point. Did you guys get to talk to Schnooker towards the end of his life? Because Mike and I were lucky enough. Mike uh, took me to a wrestling event. I got to meet Jimmy right at the end of his life. And, of course, his facilities were very much compromised. He was such a sweetheart, though. I was blown away at how kind he was. So did you guys get to talk to him at all towards the end of his life? I went and saw him when he got rearrested on the original charges at uh, Allegheny County Jail. But that was it. I just told him, look, Jimmy, I don't know what's coming next for you. Now, last time we saw each other, it didn't end well. But, um, dude, I've, I've, you could have my bed, dude. I've got a great couch. I'll sleep on that. If you're not allowed to leave the county, let me know and so, you can stay with me. Wild thing. You're kind of beating around the bush. What kind of issues did you have with him that you guys almost went to blows? Oh. He just got drunk and started running this fucking yap too much, and I finally had had enough. So I told him, say one more word to me. Bet I'm going to knock you the fuck out. Well, and then he got quiet for yeah. a minute, and then Chris got me out of the room. Because he's like, oh, you piece of shit. You haven't booked me in three fucking years and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, fuck you, Jimmy. I don't owe you anything. You're lucky I'm booking you now. And he, Chris finally gets me outside to walk away. And I'm just, I'm starting to calm down. And he pokes him, motherfucker. He pokes his head out the door and says, you better be nice to me, brother, if you want this show to still happen tomorrow. And I fucking flipped out and went at him. Chris stopped me, but I was... I was going to murder a legend that night. It was on. <laughs> well, he can't, it started off. As, I think it started off kind of as a joke for a minute. He's like, "Oh, you motherfucker! You haven't booked me in three years." And you're, you know, Rob would be like, "Jimmy, you're a book man. I tried to book you, and so and I did. Yeah, and you did. And the night went on, and of course, more alcohol was consumed. And, and uh, that right there is the red button. Don't go. get Jimmy too drunk. That's we got I, drunk in three different counties heading out to Modesto <laughs> for that show. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and of it's course, like, every time we left a bar, we had to go get a case of St. Paulie's, right? Yeah, St. Paulie's. And uh, 
we weren't paying for that. We weren't paying for a lot of drinks. We'd go in these places and they'd be like, oh, Jimmy Snooker, you guys are fucking covered. Like, and that really? right there is what goes back to uh, Jimmy being a cool guy, I guess me being a scumbag. Because I knew that when we got in there, whoever walked up and asked Jimmy for an autograph, he was going to give it to him without even thinking about it. But the manager comes over and he was really excited. So I was like, maybe, you know, you can give us a little bit of the something, something off the bar tab and he'll fucking sign or take a picture with the guys in your kitchen. So they did that. And then Jimmy probably signed a hundred autographs in, in that. What was it? At Applebee's? It actually mm -hmm. wasn't an Applebee's. That's yeah. where we got started. He probably mm -hmm. signed a yeah. hundred autographs. Still, he's signing, drinking, handing it, signing. I mean, Jimmy knew how to fucking drink. Yeah, but we also knew that when Jimmy started drinking, he was going to start being a headache eventually and was probably going to fall face first into a bag of Coke. Mm. Think, think about that, though. Think about that, though. Was there anything better than the Superfly Splash back in the day? You would sit there and just be focused just to see that finishing maneuver. Fuck you, Chris. It was horrible. Okay, well, because you took it. I'd have to take it. Yeah, well, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> He thought it was hilarious when he went straight board on me, dude. He didn't he didn't take it off me at all. He just came straight down. And I go, oof, 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 oof. he starts laughing. He rubs my face a little bit like some other asshole I know. Okay, brother. Okay, there, brother. Son Life of a wrestler. Did you guys ever work with Matt Riddle? Uh, I didn't. Didn't we book him? Uh, we might have we might have booked him. I didn't work him personally, though. Yeah, I th I think so, but I never no, I never wrestled him. But I think we booked him. Yeah. So we had we had his girlfriend on last week, Danielle ex girlfriend Danielle Petro on, and I don't know if you watch social media, but oh no, that's what he was. He was asshole of the uh, of the year nominee. That's where we're coming with Matt with a yeah. Okay. Why was it? Why was he asshole of the year nominee? So what did he do his girlfriend for beating the hell out of his girlfriend and stalking her and all that shit and just being a general mm. psychopath? Man, guys, Bro. did you guys ever train a wrestler or bring someone onto your your federation? We'll call it that ended up being a big star. Or you or you thought was going to be a big star? We've had John Cena through, but uh, no, we didn't actually particularly train anybody. We had Adam Thorsto and um, God damn it, Chris Adam Thorsto and who? Buster. Buster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we've had them through. We had a. Uh, didn't we have a uh, what's his fuck uh, Kazarian come by a few times? Yeah, we had Kazarian, Christopher Daniels. Um, yeah, Chris. Through, um, oh well, but the fucking but. Yes, yes, yes. We used him a few times when he was the American Dragon. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was with APW um, trainer over there for a bit. He was their head trainer after Modest left. And he took over. And did you not? Did you think these guys were going to be big stars to the level they're at? Or you just whatever? It doesn't really make a difference. Seeing it, we knew if he got if he got the opportunity, he was going to go. We knew that. Yeah, sure as I knew that my name's Chris Casanova. I mean, his name's Chris Casanova. <laughs> we knew that Johnny was going all the way. Yeah. I've never seen such a genuinely nice person and a genuinely hard worker ever so everything that johnny has he fucking earned it and good for him uh brian cage we used to use him a lot 
Yep. Why do you think Brian? Why do you think Brian Cage has not like gone further in this business? I look at that guy and I'm like, oh my god, put the belt on this lunatic. He looks like a monster, and he wrestles great, by the way. So and he what, wasn't what, quite the yeah. monster he was back then, but okay. even back then, Brian uh, didn't always make the best business decisions on okay. bookings. You should take over the next, and I mean that's got to be why. Because I think Vince gave him a tryout, but he just didn't want him. Yeah, I'm puzzled. He's got the right mic. He's got the whole look and everything. Cage. Yeah. I agree. Brian, Brian's I agree. brilliant worker. Brilliant. God, guys, we went into some crazy wrestling talk here. I didn't expect that to go this way. I'm really impressed by your guys' friendship and your business. Like, you guys are business partners and friends. I don't know how long you last that long. Me and Farrell can only take each other for about three hours a day. Not even a day, a week. Sorry. Well, it helps that I live in Florida and he lives in Texas. That's something. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, Mike, I have to move to Florida. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> there it is. A secret. So, how come you guys? How come you guys left California? It's a sinking ship. Sinking ship. Too expensive. Always on fire. No water. What do you guys want to get out of your show? Like, what? What is your ultimate goal? Right? Because, I'm first of all, I'm very impressed by the fact you guys were on terrestrial radio, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, that's where we want to be one day. Not one day. It was a goal to finish up last year to get on terrestrial radio. Um, that is definitely terrestrial is a nightmare, by the way. How come? Okay. okay. Just everybody's breathing down your neck. If you don't hit those fucking commercial spots in the right spot, you're screwed. Getting on like serious, like you have a lot more leeway. But going terrestrial status and fuck terrestrial right. radio. I'm not. I yeah. I know when we yeah. finally left FM, I was done with terrestrial. Interesting. Interesting. So where do you guys want to go with this show? Like, what's your ultimate goal there? Well, you know, with what we do with WrestleShoot, I mean, we just want to keep increasing the production of what we're doing. We're trying to increase the numbers. Of course, we're going to start hunting sponsors uh, inevitably. But uh, with me and uh, Chris and Creepy Jimmy doing this uh, antisocial network, there's a lot of people like guys like you when you were starting off. If we would have seen you with just kind of how you know go screw yourselves, you, your attitude is, we would have we would have gone after you because we're gonna be that platform that's not gonna be censored. You know, if Facebook gives us shit, we'll fight it as best we can and then we'll move on to a different platform. You know, we're we we're doing all kinds of things. So the real takeaway here is not just to have your standard like uh you might have a sports network who will just be a whole bunch of people talking boring stats and the boring players. Mm. A wrestling show where they're just recapping spots for, spot for spot what they did on Monday Night Raw. We want somebody to come over to our network and be like, man, I really want to see what all these different, very creative and ingenuitive personalities are doing over here. Not just what's WrestleShoot doing over on Social. I just did uh, Jeremiah. He's what uh, Je- Jeremiah. Jeremy's what the pariah is. One of our guys. The pariah. The pariah again. And I just did his show. What was a two? The whole show was a two-hour show, which surprised me how quickly it flew by. And the whole show was just he was doing a music bracket, and he was just to having ICP songs versus each other. And there was six people in there. Everybody was casting their votes and. It was fascinating. Like I didn't get bored the entire time, but there was a couple of really 
fucking beautiful women who were on there too. Ooh. Just saying that helped. Well, that that's helped. does help. That's a, that's a secret there, man. So like when you say, where do we want wrestle shoot to go? What, what do you think? What's your thought on that, Chris? Fuck man. Man. Say I'm on the same page you are, but fuck, I want to get paid. <laughs> fuck it. Pay me, man. And yeah, we are going to hunt down sponsors. And that's yeah. another reason that we're pretty happy with some of these personalities that we're bringing on. Like you guys, the numbers for this show are going to, are going to spike high. And our numbers since really bringing people on and really getting serious since the first have gone up three times. So it seems to be working so far. Well, you guys got a good product. I, I enjoy the show. I, I listen to it when I'm working out and stuff. Um, nice. I, I, you know, I don't, I try to tell Farrow this all the time. Cause you know, people don't necessarily want to watch video, right? I'd say about 80% of the people want to hear audio because really to sit down and watch, it's like watching a TV show. It, you know, in some cases you, you could watch it, but in a lot of times you just want to hear the audio, but you guys do some, you do some very good work and you know, that's why we said oh, we, we would come on and um, you know, uh, all I can say is this. Um, we don't, Farrow, you could step in, but we don't, everybody is competition to us. Every show, no matter how big or small. Sure. And um, I'll be honest with you. We will try to step on anybody without a doubt. We will fucking step on anyone. And if someone gives us, like, let me put it this way. We don't, we won't give a rub, Right. Um, well, we will not give it. Look, I'm using terminology again. Oh, we yeah. will not. We, we will not give Keep a going. rub. Um, yeah. We want to. We want to be the best out there. We want to. We want to create something that people can go back to, and it will be the same as it was. It, it's as relevant in 2024 as it was in 2023. That's why there's a there's a lot of shows that do much better than us, right? If you look at the numbers, they do much better. Yeah, and but they're happens. buying they're buying bots to watch their shit. Yeah, well, that's the whole look, you know yeah. what? You know, you said about Snooker, you're not there, you don't know. I don't know. But I do know the product they're putting out. And they're talking about a lot of shows talk about what's happening today. And you might want to hear it, right? You might want to know about what happened on AEW last Wednesday. But that will right. be the one time and the only time you ever watch or listen to that show, right? Bingo. Because it's Bingo. in the moment. We don't want to be in the moment. We want to be different. And that's where I – let's again, I'm just trying to give you your flowers. You guys are different. And that's what I appreciate. I appreciate people that go out of the box and to entertain. And the reality of it, man, is, look, we are nobodies. And if we – can make a difference in someone's life. One person, and it, as ridiculous as some people say that is, we do feel this way. We've done something here. Yeah. And I, the reason, again, I don't like certain people is because they think they're better than, and they're not. Just because you stepped in a fucking ring, you're not better than me. You don't know more than me. Right, you might be smarter than me. So many guys who had no business being in that ring in the first goddamn place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, 
Thank you. That's those. Those are the ones we're talking about. Yeah. Not the guys like you who actually paid your fucking dues. You know, try to build companies yourselves and, and really give it a shot. Not like these clowns who like you know spend three weeks working out over it some shithole and now they're getting in the ring. I'm I'm in the business. No, you're not. Get the fuck out of here. You're disrespecting the business by saying you're in the business. Well, guys like that were were definitely uh, me and Chris's favorite snack back when we were tag team. Oh, yeah. We would just go out there and pick these kids to fucking pieces, but hopefully they learned something from it. Right, right. You'd hope, right? I think, I, I think, guys, you have to care too, right? You guys talked about you're gonna pick up sponsors, you do stuff like that. You've got to want to care about your sponsors. You got to want to care about your audience, and uh, you know. Look, I don't know what else to say, but I wish you guys the best. You're going to do well. But once you do too well, then you become the enemy. So no, shit, I'll, 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 I'll make that statement. Once you start, then it's on. Then, it's then, on. We, then we really will be O&A and Stern, won't we? That's correct. There that you is go. correct. You know, I really, I really appreciate the first lady of wrestling's comments about us being the Howard Stern um, of this type of thing. Um, right now, our ultimate goal, like I said, is to entertain and make a difference and and kind of kind of change everything. And you guys do the same, and then we'll meet somewhere in the middle, and then it's on. That's all. Well, you never know. You know, Russell shoot my head, take a trip out to fucking Long Island and pay somebody a little visit out there, if you know what I'm saying there, Charlie. Well, I will tell you this. You guys had some really good stories. I don't know how this thing twisted, but it turned into M&P interviewing you guys. But Yeah, um, I was going to say something, but I was like, oh, fuck it. It's going well. Let it go. Dude, I got, I got, I got to tell you, you guys' stories were off the hook. I loved them, man. I love that California shit. I love the stuff with Snuka. I love your guys' comments. I thought it was great, and I loved you guys just talking about being in the industry because, again, you guys are in the industry. We're not, so it's it's good shit. I love it. I think that was his roundabout way and then forgot where he was going of inviting us to Long Island. I think so, yeah. You guys could come, you guys could come anytime, but the one thing I want to make sure that you have to answer this. What side of the fence did Modest play for? What team was he on? Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh no, Modest. Modest didn't like PP, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe on his off time. Who? But yeah. he had a girl. Uh, yeah, he had a girl. He has a kid, but I mean, maybe he was a switch hitter. I don't know. No PP. I just, you know, and here's here's the thing. Like the last <laughs> time we booked Mike, it was at the same club that we had the last booking with Snook. As a matter of fact, but. You know, this, this guy was Chris's trainer. Chris really wanted to have him on the show. Mike and I never really saw eye to eye, but we never really clashed either. And he comes showing up there, and Chris goes, oh, hey, Michael, hey, Chris. And I say, how you doing, Mike? And he goes, oh, hi, I'm Mike Modest. And he sticks his hand out like we've never met. And I wanted to snatch that fucking little tiny nutsack right off his body. <laughs> Jam it down his bitch ass throat, and I snapped on him. I told him, "Nah, don't walk in that building. Turn and walk back to your car, you motherfucker." And he's like, "Oh, Rob, you cut your hair and I recognize you. Fuck you. Come up into my house and try and fade me. Fuck you, Mike." And then 
Chris intervened and everything got you know defeated. Chris, this he truly is the wild thing, dude. How do you deal with this guy, man? He seems like he's fucking he's going crazy on everybody. You gotta be in control. What's going on? Yeah, man. He's gonna walk into my house and bring him in, man. I have to fucking say, come on back, dude. Just fucking stop, dude. Keep pulling him back. They're just keeping K Fabe. He's the wild thing, and Casanova's gotta be the smooth guy. They're just they're just keeping the K Fabe. It's all good. Working working the gimmick, but it's a lot of stories about this one flipping out yet. They're out there we'll get to those yeah <laughs> too much alcohol holy shit we really gone an hour and a half yeah we're all yeah. wow but, uh, right. you know i'm gonna i'm we're gonna head out we want to thank you guys uh what a pleasure it was to be on the show and uh sorry well, i said such i said some on. bad stuff about your guys in california i'm sorry about that <laughs> uh, it was some real shit man so we appreciate it I'm going to serve you pro boner. So, guys, plug everything. Plug everywhere everybody can find you guys. I really recommend our people. Man, follow these dudes. Their show is hot. It's cool. They got a cool set. Eventually, Mr. Casanova is moving here to Florida, and we're going to be borrowing a page right out of your book and creating a set for ourselves. Beautiful, beautiful. Farrell, you got this one. Go ahead, brother. I I do not have plugging away, Mike. Plug away, Mike. That's you, baby. Jesus Christ. It's what you do every week on the show. Now you want me to do it. All right, Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast can be seen on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, the Monty DeFaro Facebook Live page, the Monty DeFaro Twitch TV page, and if you're lucky enough to live in New York, catch us on New York Cable on Channel 115 on Tuesdays at 7.30 and on Wednesdays on Channel 20 at 9 p.m. and 11.30 a.m. channel 115. We're on all audio networks everywhere you can look at. And if you want sponsorship, by all the way, go to the Monty and the Pharaoh webpage. That's Monty and the Pharaoh, where many of our sponsors lie. We've got so many sponsors. Keep joining us. Be part of the Monty and the Pharaoh family. And uh, the return on investment, the ROI for all our sponsors is within three months. And we've got a 99% retention rate. This Saturday, we've got... Enzo Amare in studio at 10 a.m. Is that and then right? we get to interview the uh, super agent, Eric Sims. Thursday's show's not quite booked yet. There's a couple of things I got cooking in the th- in the, in the deal. And then we've got um, Chris Adonis, or formerly Chris Masters in studio on February 4th, where Pharaoh is going no. to take no. the Master no. Lock no. Challenge no. Where people are donating to no, St. Jude's no. Hospital if the Pharaoh can get out of the master lock challenge. Yeah, don't say you know you little prick. Do it for the kids. <laughs> hey, first of all, I have a big, first of all, I have a big prick. Second of all, it's my neck wild thing. First That's of right. Of all. Man up, That's do it for the children. Won't somebody yeah, you're right. You're right. You're children? Right. Look, look, when you're right, you're right. You know you're right. You know that the second he said St. Jude, I'm like, oh Jesus, I'm screwed. Damn it. But, but again, we, we are, you know, I'll end it with this. We are humbled to be able to come into everybody's living rooms, whichever way you choose to, to take us uh, every Thursday. And we are humbled to be part of the Wrestle Shoot programming that we're on today. Uh, these guys are the real deal. Um, very enjoyable. Um, and how do I put it? They're definitely. Uh, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with 
So, uh, you know, join them. Good looking too. Well, I got to tell you, Wild Thing, I've always been a big fan, but I think I'm going with Casanova now. Now that I've been watching the guy, he's a pretty good looking guy. I got to go there. Chris, come on, give us some pouty kiss lips. Come on, sweetie. No, I'm good, man. I'm just going to stick with the glasses, man. Hey, do what the people want. (laughs) How about a little? There you go. Oh, there you go. But again, I want to thank you guys. It really, what an honor and privilege to be on the show. And uh, oh, we're going to have really to do it again. Show. We love you guys now. It's a romantic kind of love. Just it's so a, you know. Listen, it's so, like I said, I'm not cheap, but I'll go any which way we got to go. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, 20 bucks I can go for. It. Yeah, right, guys. Look, we usually keep it an hour. We're at an hour and a half. So we're going to let you guys who have been sticking with us and writing and commenting and shit. Go on about your business. Uh, but before we let you go, I would like to send out one really important reminder. Uh, fuck Ron Shaw. <laughs> go with it. Fuck, fuck nice you, Ron Shaw. Ron Shaw, you, sir, are the crybaby of the year. And we know you're a woman because it says it's a girl right there. Go fuck yourself. You has been some bitch unmemorable prick. And on that note, for myself, for Chris Casanovi, for Monty and the Pariah. <laughs> it's starting to stick, right? You're starting to like it, aren't you? Yeah, well, you know, you don't think your shoe fits well, throw it out the window. But go ahead. All right, guys. We're going to see you all next week. We don't know who the fuck is going to be here half the time. We never do. But when we figure something out, we might let you know. But then we might not. Later. See ya.